You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Pam Martini, founder and CEO of the Law Offices of Pamela G. Martini. The Law Office of Pamela G. Martini focuses on providing estate planning, probate, guardianship, and elder law legal services to clients throughout Central Florida. Welcome, Pam. I am so pleased that you're here today with us on the Solo to CEO podcast. Hi, Davina. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited about this opportunity to talk to you. Oh, great. So why don't you start out by telling us how you serve your clients? Um, Give us a little bit more information about your law practice. I kind of gave the basic. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Um, So I started my practice back in 2014, and I, I focus a lot on you know, areas of practice that kind of uh, really complement each other. So I do estate planning, which can be drafting wills or or trusts, you know, living trusts, um, other documents that go along with their estate plans, like durable powers of attorney, living wills, healthcare surrogates. Um, I do some, you know, funding of trusts with maybe something like an enhanced uh, life estate deed for certain clients. I also do Elder law services. So elder law kind of encompasses quite a few things. It can be estate planning. It can be planning for public benefits, for long-term care benefits. It can be um, handling a probate when one spouse passes. It can be also uh, encompass guardianship. So those are the other two things I do, which is probate and guardianship. So all of my practice areas really complement each other. Um, I have some clients who hit almost every, you know, level of my practice at some point during our relationship. So it's it's a really great, um, you know, it's, it's a great area of practice where you can really get to know your clients and, and form those established relationships and come back to them at different uh, times in their life to to assist them with, with whatever is needed. So I am, uh, it's interesting, you and I have known each other for a long time, quite a while now. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we have in common is this is not a first career for either one of us um, being lawyers. Right. And so give us, give me an idea of why you decided to change careers and go and become a lawyer. Sure. Well, um, so my, my original background way back when, this is a long time ago now, was it, in the entertainment business, and my my degree in college at the University of Florida was actually in broadcast production. But I was very involved in writing. I wrote a film script and did some other things, and uh, I worked on a TV show when I first got out of um, undergrad. And then that kind of transitioned into working for a publishing company. When my husband and I moved to Orlando, we thought there was going to be all kinds of production jobs here, and there really weren't. And uh, we ended up starting our own business back in 1996. So I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. And I was always very involved in the business end of that business. So he was more involved in the production end. I was involved in the business end. And I kind of retired from that when my uh, third child was born. I thought that was a little bit of overkill to have to be working and having three kids at home. So I became a stay-at-home mom. And then when my daughter started kindergarten, I was looking around going, okay, now what am I going to do? And for some reason, I'd never really thought about going to law school before that, but um, it just seemed like all the things that I enjoyed, you know, reading and writing and, you know, I'm good in an argument, those kind of things. 
um, just led me to, to come up with the idea that, you know, maybe I would try to go to law school. I was also had been an advocate for my brother who is intellectually disabled for many years and helping him get services and do all the different things that you do when you're advocating for someone. And I thought that, um, you know, going to law school would help me do that for other people as well. And that was something that I was really passionate about. Yeah, that was going to be my next question for you is, is why this particular area of practice? Because I know your brother was kind of an inspiration for you in choosing this this area of practice. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little yeah, bit so about I wor- that. Sure. So I work with a lot of um, special needs families, and that might just be doing a special needs trust uh, as part of their estate planning. It might also be a guardian advocate case because, you know, people with intellectual disabilities, when they turn 18, they get the same rights that every other adult has, and sometimes they're not able or um, capable of, of, um, you know, using those rights, and they, they still need their parents' assistance after the age of 18. So that was kind of where it started um, when I worked for the state court system right after I got out of school. I worked very closely with the guardianship judge there and really learned a lot about the uh, different aspects of guardianship cases, not only for disabled people, for but for elderly people who are in need of guardianships later in life because they haven't done the proper estate planning or become because there's some other conflict in the family that leads to a guardianship case. So it really kind of grew organically from that um, and, you know, just kind of developed into those other different areas of practice that, that complemented my original passion. Mm-hmm. So did, what inspired you to start your own practice? You didn't start your own practice right out of law school. What inspired no, you? Um, yeah. So, but I, well, I, so I went to law school when I was 42 years old um, after having been in business for myself for many years. And so when I came out of the law school, it was very daunting to think about going to work for, you know, a big, uh, a big law firm or something like that. So I did go to work for the state court system, which, I mean, that was daunting in itself, you know, going to work full-time after being a stay-at-home mom and then a full-time law student for many years. Uh, but I did love, you know, my job with the, with the court system, and I loved working with the judges, and, you know, I got to see a lot of great attorneys in action. I got to see some not-so-great attorneys in action, so it was a real learning experience. <laughs> that um, is an eye-opener. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but after a couple of years, I, I was yearning to be, you know, what I was telling myself was a real lawyer. I'm like, you know, I don't have clients. I really want to get out there and, and serve people. And, you know, some days I wake up and think, you know, what was I thinking? It was so great when I just had that eight to five and could go home and forget about things. But um, I really wanted to, uh, you know, get out there and practice law, um, not just watch other people practice law. So um, I, you know, I thought, again, I, I really don't want to work for somebody else. So the only option is that I start my own practice. So that's what I did. Yeah. So, so you've been in practice now since your own practice for how long? Uh, it's going to be uh, coming up on five years this year. So yeah, it was 2014 that I uh, quit my job, uh, gave up some great benefits working for the state and hung out my shingle and, you know, kind of like jumping off a cliff. <laughs> just just a little bit, huh? So yeah. what do you think uh, are some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced in being your own boss? Yeah, well, um, some of the biggest challenges are just, you know, learning how to uh, run a business that is a law practice. So, you know, I had some experience with running a business before with the business that my husband and I had. So I really kind of spent some time doing my homework before I quit my job and I 
did different things like setting up my uh, documents for my corporation and, you know, figuring out what my name was going to be and figuring out where I was going to do all this, these different things. Um, but then, so I was pretty prepared when that first day came, um, didn't have an actual office space. So I, was, I worked out of my house for probably the first four months, um, until I got an actual, you know, office space. But, um, you know, I, I put a lot of things in place before I actually did that. And some of the biggest challenges were just, you know, logistics. When you, when you do wills, you know, where am I going to get witnesses and where am I going to get a notary? And, you know, I don't want to hire all these employees right from the beginning. So I had to be a little bit creative and then, you know, just kind of grew from there. But, um, you know, so there were a lot of different day-to-day -day challenges like that, uh, figuring out how to put systems in place where I could, ser could serve my clients the best way that I knew how. But it was a challenge, but it was it was really exciting, and I really enjoy it. And so, how do you how have you stayed calm under the pressure of of that, or has it felt like pressure at all? Well, I mean, it is pressure because you know there's pressure, and in, in when is the phone going to stop ringing, and how do I meet the deadlines that I need to meet, and and how do I um, you know keep running my business, and you know do I hire employees? What kind of technology do I buy? How much risk do I want to take? Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of stress in being a solo, sorry, being a solo business owner um, day to day that you really kind of have to manage. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty laid back person, so I don't let stress get to me too much. But you know, in this type of job, it's it's inevitable that you're going to be under stress, and you have to to learn how to manage that as well as managing everything else that you have to do. And so now you have staff. Now you have to, now you have an office. You have a beautiful office mm -hmm. base, you have staff, and what was it like going from just being you to, to having staff working with you, and how was that for you? Was it different to learn how to manage people? I mean, were you born sort of knowing how to manage people? And Well, I've managed people before, you? yeah. So I, I've managed people before. I was, a, you know, in my former job before my husband and I started our own business, I was a manager, and I, I had probably, you know, 10 to 20 people under me that I'd managed before. So, you know, I, I felt like I was pretty good at, at that aspect of it. But, you know, just the the um, the pressure and the commitment to have an employee that you know you're going to have to pay, you know, when it's just you, there's going to be some weeks where you go, you yeah, know, I'm not, probably not going to be able to pay myself this month. I need to pay this bill or pay that bill or invest in new technology or something else. So, Certainly when you bring people on who are now depending on you for, um, you know, for their livelihood and uh, for your doors being open, you know, for business every day, it, it does create a pressure. But it also it also relieves pressure in a certain way because it's not just you anymore. You're able to delegate um, to, an, to another person or to other people. And um, it, it just makes everything so much easier because it's not all on you anymore. So it's, it's definitely worth it once you're, you know, and that was, again, that was another kind of jumping off a cliff point. Um, I, I, for a long time, I had just had part-time people, and it was a big um, commitment for me to actually hire somebody on full-time and, um, you know, make that commitment to them as an employer. And what kind of, what, what was sort of the catalyst for you? What, through that, what went through your mind in that decision-making process um, that was the tipping point for you to, to say, you know what, it's, it's really time for me to have somebody full-time? Because I know a lot of uh, attorneys really struggle with that transition uh, and that fear of being responsible for somebody full-time because, right. it's a, you know, it's a big step. 
Yeah. Well, it, it is a big step. And I'll just say to anybody out there who's listening, you know, it's it's well worth it because you can just double your uh, the production uh, and the quality of work that you're able to do. But, um, you know, making that decision for me, it was just, you know, kind of a putting my big girl pants on and saying, okay, this is a real business. And it's not just about me. It's about, you know, I have all these clients who are depending on me and I have to be able to provide the service to them. And yet it's, you know, it's, it's scary to think about having to pay somebody and having payroll and all these other things that you have to do that comes along with having an employee or employees. But um, if I want to be a real business, if I want to grow my business beyond just myself, um, how do I do that? And this is really the first step. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. Excellent. And so uh, also the other kinds of things when you commit to um, space, when you commit to office space, you know, you're signing leases for a right. certain period of time. You're also kind of making that commitment at that point, too, because if you're signing a lease for office space, you know, it's not like uh, when you're signing for commercial space, they want commitments for longer terms as well and things like that. So, hey, if you got to do that, you might as well go all in, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I started out kind of small. I had a, I had a smaller, just one room office, but in a space where I could share conference space and where there were employees actually in the company next door that I had already kind of worked out that I would be able to, um, you know, use them when I needed witnesses and things like that. So I, I kind of started off small and then I made a commitment just because an opportunity came up for a bigger space in that same building. And I thought, you know, I really have outgrown where I'm at now. It's really getting kind of awkward for me to sit here and have my assistant sitting here. And then when, you know, when clients come in, we have to go into the conference space. So um, then I made the jump to a bigger office. And then for the place, for the space I'm in now, I actually jumped down a little bit as far as square footage, but found something that was just so much more convenient um, and worked better for me uh, as a physical space. But even though I was kind of downsizing rent and space wise, it was a it was a much bigger commitment as far as the lease that I had to sign and the obligation that I undertook at that point. So, it's you know, every every step it brings its challenges. What is it? What do you think you've done really, really well? Um, the thing I think that I excel at is really, <clears throat> excuse me, making a connection with my clients and just and getting myself out there because, you know, like I talked about that fear of the phone, you know, not ringing anymore. Um, thank goodness, you know, knock on wood, that hasn't happened to me. And I, I just, I get new business every week. And I think it's just because of the connections I've made with people, either with people that I know in my community or with people that I've met or other attorneys. Um, it's crazy. I just got a call not even 15 minutes ago from a new client who's actually a, uh, a judge in another state who found me on the Florida Bar website and wants me to, uh, you know, set up a consultation for his parent who lives here in Florida. And it was crazy. And I said, you know, how did, how did you find me? And he said, oh, I found you on the Florida Bar website. And I looked up your background and I read about you and I just, you know, decided to call you. So there's something, I think, I don't know if it's something about that, you know, kind of wealth of life experience um, or, you know, just all the connections that I've made throughout my life that have kind of brought me to this moment. But it, it just really seems to work as far as bringing people to me as potential clients. Yeah, I, I do say, like I said, you, I've known you for quite a while now. And, I, and um, uh, it is one of the things that I think has been a real um, uh, advantage for you that one thing I've noticed it's a real gift that you have is connecting 
with with people very easily um and you have a lot of connections and mm-hmm. um and i think that's you know that's definitely worked to your advantage it's something that comes easily to to you that you you know that you, when people say they're a people person, I don't think you're particularly extroverted. You know, no. when people think nobody, oh, nobody would say that I'm extroverted. No, no, not at all. But, <laughs> but you're definitely very, you know, com- you make people feel very comfortable and, and at ease uh, around you, whether that's clients or just anybody, you know, in conversation and stuff. So I do think that, you know, people feel a certain calm around you. And, and, and I suspect through the years is, you've been out and about talking with people and gotten to know people. A lot of people have felt that around you. And so, you know, and also that, that is one of the things when you've been um, in the community, in business for a long time, and this being a second career for you and, mm-hmm. you know, you've met pe- people through the years and you carry those probably like me, you've carried those relationships with you. <laughs> you have many relationships right. with you through the years that, you know, it benefits you in your, in your career now. Yeah, it definitely has in ways that I never could have predicted. Um, You know, I, I, when I first started practicing, I thought, oh, you know, I know all these people in my community, you know, maybe they'll come to me because, you know, I didn't make that leap without people having, wanting to hire me at that point. So there, there was a certain number of people who I'd spoken to who said, you know, as soon as you're go out on your own, let me know. I definitely want to hire you to do something. So I didn't go with absolutely nothing, um, you know, you know, out of the gate that was, that I was ready to do. There was a certain number of people who I had already spoken to who told me that they would, would want to hire me um, when the time was there. And, but then it was surprising that it was not so much my personal connections, but just people finding me on my website or people finding me online or people just hearing of me word of mouth of other people that I would not have, you know, predicted would have recommended me. Um, that started showing up. So that was just, you know, it was a real surprise, but it was, it was amazing great to know. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to, and it just kind of just grew and grew and grew from there. Yeah. How wonderful. So what advice would you have for other um, attorneys who are starting out in practice and maybe they're starting out as a second career or, or, you know, maybe they're a mom and, mm-hmm the kids are grown and they're embracing this kind of new career. Cause I'm sure there was some fear around that. Oh yeah. Your first, you know, you're going, Oh gosh, I've been a mom. I've been out of the workplace for a while and now I'm going back and I'm, you know, creating this new career for myself. Do I fit in? How do I fit in? Uh, You know, did you have those thoughts? Oh, oh, well, I definitely did. In fact, my husband who drives me insane, my first day at law school, um, and I've been married almost 30 years. So, you know, it's a good, insane. Husband do it's a good type of insanity. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I think it was actually, it, it was actually on acceptance day and I'm sitting there in this huge auditorium with other law students and I'm looking around going, yeah, these, they, you know, there's a bunch of kids in here with me. And he actually texted me and said, so are you the oldest one there? <laughs> and I texted him back and I said, uh, no, there's one other one that I think is a little bit grayer than me. But then she disappeared really quick. So then, yeah, it was it was just me because um, I went I went to school full time, you know, with all the youngsters during the day. There were a lot of second career people, but they tended to go to night school. So I didn't get to connect with them as much. Yeah, I did, then, the same thing. I did the same thing, though. So I think there were more of us right. than than you than 
that we've realized. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, it's a good career for, you know, if if you're comfortable going into a solo practice because you're not dependent on, you know, going out there and finding a job. And I think for young lawyers right now, the job market is certainly better than when I came out of law school, um, you know, almost seven years ago, but it's still tough. Um, and and I, I don't really recommend that people start their own practice right from the beginning if they don't have to, because you do need a little bit of experience and getting comfortable with being a lawyer and just watching what other people do. Like I got to, you know, really watch for those first couple of years and gain that experience on, on how it worked because they don't teach you how to actually be a lawyer when you're in law school. They just teach you how to, you know, study the law and then, yeah, they teach you how to think like a lawyer and then you got to learn how to pass a test and then you got to learn how to actually act like a lawyer, you know, at that point. So, um, but it's, it's a great, if you do have some business experience, if you can get some legal experience and then um, go out on your own. And I think there's a lot more women doing it, uh, you know, a lot more lawyers in general going into solo practice, but you really have to educate yourself first. Right. And, and, and build a community of, you know, people supporting you to look right. for those people, look for those mentors and people who can support you and help contribute. I mean, I know I had a lot of, I was fortunate because I had a lot of people who were willing to mentor me mm-hmm. um, and older uh, women attorneys and, you know, who were, were kind enough to, keep me from having a nervous breakdown when I, cause I started on my right. own right out of law school. Right. And you know, I was so, I'm so grateful to those, to those people who were there for me and mm-hmm. it made a huge difference. You know? Yeah. I gather mentors to this day, wherever I can, because you know, you don't want to wear out your one mentor with all the questions. So I like exactly. to spread things around. <laughs> And I had some great mentors. You know, I joined um, the elder law section of the Florida Bar, and they had a mentorship program that I signed up for. I had a wonderful mentor who I, you know, we had a weekly call, and this was back when I was first practicing, and she was absolutely wonderful in giving me advice. And I've joined different organizations, uh, you know, different bars, you know, voluntary bar associations that have mentorship programs. So the more mentors you can, you know, get in your corner, the better. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um Tell us a little bit more about your, I want to hear more about your practice and, um, and the kind of work you do and the kind of work you like to do, what your, of these different practice areas, sort of what your, your preferences and why. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it's kind of evolved a little bit over the years. You know, I started out heavily in guardianships and, and really wanting to work with, um, you know, the special needs families. And of course I still have that passion and I still, um, you know, those kind of cases just kind of show up. I don't really have to go looking for them. Um, guardianships last for the rest of that person's life. So once we get the guardianship established, then we still have to administer it. And so those kind of cases, I really only have to touch base with my clients a couple times a year, just make sure that everything's still the same. And we we file the annual reports with the court. Um, I, I like a, a little bit of litigation. So I do have um, some probates right now that are contested and a couple I've had some guardianships over the years that have been contested. So even though I'm a mainly a transactional attorney, I do like to, you know, get in the courtroom and, and have just, just a taste of that litigation. I'm not a I'm not the type that needs to be in trial all the time. But I think it's really interesting and I learn so much with every one of those cases that that I do enjoy those. Um, I really enjoy my probate work just because, you know, I, I'm I'm providing a service for the family where, you know, so they've lost a loved one and 
And I find that those are the types of cases where the clients really, you know, I try to connect with them at the first appointment and let them know that I'll be there for them throughout this whole process. And I, I like, you know, the way that my office functions, um, I don't like to set up a barrier between myself and the clients. You know, I, I want to be available to them for whatever questions they have along the way. And sometimes, you know, they'll ask questions in other areas that lead to, you know, to lead to me doing other work for them. So I'm really enjoying the probates right now. And the estate planning, you know, that that's very transactional. I'm trying to putting putting my team in place where I'm doing less of that actual work um, myself, you know, hands-on, more of a supervisory role. And lately we've been doing a lot of Medicaid planning cases, and um, I have a great staff person who really knows that stuff inside and out, so I'm, I'm really relying on her heavily. But she helps get those things through um, quickly and efficiently, and she's able to provide a lot of, you know, what we call kind of call client hand-holding because in that situation people really don't know, you know, what is – what is going on, and it's very much a, a day-to-day of, of the client needing a lot of information as we go through that process. So tell us what's next for the law office of Pamela G. Martini. What do you what do you see on the horizon for the for your firm? Well, I'm going to put these ideas out there, and other people can steal them. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell I the would... big secrets. You can just tell them, kind of, you know. Like the big, you know, if, you, if there's something that you want to share. Let's well, one thing, one thing I'm excited about. So I just went to this conference over the weekend, and this was something that I did not have planned. It was a speaking engagement that a colleague of mine who I refer a lot of business back and forth with, she had planned to be there and to speak, and she had a kind of a last-minute family situation and asked me to step in, and I did. And it was so inspirational. Uh, it was, a, a, it was a, a leadership conference for women, and I was lucky enough to hear the entrepreneur panel before the panel where I went on and listening to, the, to, to different people speak. And so some of the things that I, you know, were just popping into my head that I was writing notes as I'm sitting there listening to them is um, I'm going to start offering uh, video conference uh, consultations for my clients after hours because I think it's a huge problem for women and for families who are busy and have to work all day to take time off to go visit a lawyer I think that's one thing that probably puts people off from doing an estate plan is that they just think that they don't have time for that. So we're going to start scheduling people with um, video consultations after hours a couple days a week, maybe even, you know, maybe even on weekends as as we work into that. I just had a lunch with another uh, attorney friend of mine who was telling me that her office is open half a day on Saturday. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't imagine that. But that's how you grow your business by, you know, by being there when people need you. Right. So that's one and of the things I'm thinking about. about how you think about, you know, ways to offer your services, right? Right. Yeah. So the yeah, so the next step for me is really to figure out how I can make my services more accessible to people whether it's um, you know, online or um, you know, just some type of uh, you know, using technology, leveraging technology in a way that makes it more convenient for my clients um, to to get the services that they need. Uh, you know I'm a huge advocate of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you <laughs> are. And you're you're my you're my guide. <laughs> That's the way my business runs. So right, um, it, and I have to say, it, it, I love it. So, um, well, that that is wonderful. So, tell so for those who don't uh, don't know, give us an idea of where your office is physically located. Give us a little geography lesson. In you're in Central Florida, mm-hmm. so sure. Everybody kind of a, you know, an idea of where it is. Okay. Yeah. So my office is located kind of in the heart of the Dr. Phillips Bay Hill area, which is the southwest uh, 
corner of Orlando. Um, we're very convenient to I-4 and the 408. We're kind of right between the I-4 and 408 to, to the point where when I need to go to the courthouse, I'm like, okay, which way am I going? Because you know, we're right there in the middle. Um, so it is convenient for people all over Orlando. We've, we've got very accessible office space. You know, I know a lot of people are intimidated by having to go downtown and fight that traffic and find a place to park and things like that. So we found a spot that's really easy for our clients to get in and out, especially our, our you know, our older clients or our clients who may have disabilities. Um, but I serve um, clients all over, really all over the state of Florida. I have cases in every county from coast to coast. Um, I have cases, you know, down in Sarasota County, Hillsborough County, um, got a couple of cases down in South Florida, although I, I'm not really looking for more. A couple is plenty <laughs> down there. <laughs> you might but, be able um, to team up with uh, some other, you know, attorneys to help you cover some of those down there. Exactly. Yeah. So, but just, you know, especially with the probate area, you know, area of practice, I have a lot of clients all over the country because, you know, Florida is, is such a place where people go to retire and then unfortunately after they retire, they pass away and usually their family may live in another state. So um, I have clients all over the country. I have clients in, in other countries um, who, who just needed some type of services or, or lost a loved one that lived in the state of Florida. So, you know, we have, we have people all over. We, we take cases all over. It's not necessarily something where I have to be able to go to the courthouse in order to be able to serve the clients. Wonderful. So tell us how we can find you um, on the interwebs. Sure. Well, my website is www.pamelamartinilaw.com. Uh, if you just Google my name, Pamela Martini Attorney, it will pop up. And uh, my office number is 407-955-4955. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at MomTiniESQ. And I think my el my Instagram is elder elder law boss lady. That's my official uh, lawyer Instagram. I have a personal one as well. So I try and get out there on all the different social media platforms and see what other attorneys are doing and and put out there what I'm doing as well. Just to again make those connections uh, with as many people as possible. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming here and sharing and telling us all about what you're doing. At uh, with your law office, because I think it's it's really interesting. It's interesting how you're uh, incorporating technology into your growth, and I've really enjoyed uh, watching your journey and being a part of your journey. And I I love having a front row seat to see. Thank to, you, to well, Davina. <laughs> you you are a huge part of my journey. You're you're you know you're one of my trusted circle who helps guide me and. And, you know, it, you couldn't do it without the village. And you're definitely a big part of my village. So thanks to you. Yeah, hopefully we won't be in the villages anytime soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to stay out of the village. We'd love to have the clients in the villages. We just don't want to live in the villages. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Although, you know, it's, pretty, it's getting pretty fancy. Yeah, um, yeah. A satellite office in my future someday. Yeah, exactly. So that's on the map. Uh, all right, so thanks so much for, for being here and sharing. I've really enjoyed, as always, I've really enjoyed talking with you and um, we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. All right, thanks so much, Davina. Have a great day. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D. Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO system. 
We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high-impact, high-revenue-generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team, and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time, then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solo2ceo.biz webinar.